Welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information on this podcast or how to get connected, go to BethelCleveland.com. Woo! I'll tell you what, I have so many things burning in my heart. It's like on the road to Emmaus, right? When Jesus opened up the scriptures to the disciples and they were blinded by him that it was him. And when they finally realized that it was him and he vanished, they made this statement, did our hearts not burn within us as he opened the scriptures to us? So we're talking about flourishing, right? Oh man, God is good. I'm gonna teach with the help of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna journey through the scriptures together and we're gonna open up a mystery. Right, my whole saved life from the moment I was born again in 2004. If you wanna know more about all that, come tonight to the encounter night. The Holy Spirit told me to do a line by line story of my chronicles with him since the beginning, right? Never done that before. But, I, but there's a secret key that I've learned in my pursuit of Christ to the power of God. I've longed for the power of God, right? And there's a key that I think that we're gonna discover together as we open up the scriptures. So let's just pray real quick because we need the Holy Spirit's help. I know he's here, he's among us, but Holy Spirit, I invite you to open up the scriptures to us. I yield my mind, my body, and my heart to you so that we can see what's in your heart today. So that we can see it, so that we can receive it, and we can live it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's important, right? To see it, understand it, and live it. Right? Praise God. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 through 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, so he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. We're talking about flourishing in the kingdom of heaven. Being fruitful and multiply is a picture of flourishing, right? Amen. And let's look at this. How do we become fruitful is the question, right? What do we do? What does fruitfulness in the kingdom of heaven look like? I'll tell you this. What I thought was fruit in 2004 when I was born again and baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire is not the same thing I know as fruit today. (laughs) Praise God. I'm so excited about this. There's so many situations in scripture 
where we're painting a picture in the natural, but what it's doing is it's revealing something supernatural. I was driving on my way here and I was looking into the clouds and I was worshiping while watching the road at the same time. That's <laughs> yes. what angels are for. Well, forgive me, partially for in my world. So, and the Lord spoke to me and he said very clearly, I heard it very clearly. You can look into the natural to see what's happening in the spiritual. In every circumstance or situation, if we learn to look into the natural and we understand the scriptures, we can see a spiritual condition, right? So often we see stories in the Bible that appear very natural, but they're also at the same time is a parallel story happening that's a heavenly story. Does that make sense? Amen. It's significant that we are created in his image and in his likeness. Very significant, right? We got to remember this. We're created in his image and his likeness. You know, I, I alluded to a few minutes ago that when I was younger, I pursued the power of God with everything in my being. From the moment I had my first encounter, heaven opened up, was taken into heavenly places and saw the throne room of God, my life was forever changed. I wanted to be the person that embodied, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. I wanted to freely give what I had received. If you want to know more about that, come back tonight. We got to stay focused here. But when I became a man of God and I matured, I understood that power wasn't the pursuit. And I began to pursue him. And when I discovered him, I started to bear fruit. And his fruit wasn't the power. Right? His fruit wasn't the power. Don't get me wrong, it takes great power to bear fruit. We can't just bear fruit on our own. We can't just line up like we're on a football line. The, the, the snap goes to the quarterback and we blast our way through and all of a sudden we have fruit. It doesn't work like that in heaven, right? Fruitfulness is so important to God that it's talked about in the first book of the first chapter of the Bible, the last book of the last chapter of the Bible, and smack dab in the middle in Psalms. And all throughout, Jesus is constantly talking about fruitfulness, right? 
Whew. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. We're going to read these. And then we're going to open them up and walk through them. So Genesis chapter 2 and Revelations 22. We'll start with Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant for the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Let's look at Revelations 22, one through five. Ready for this? And he showed me a pure river water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on, his, on their foreheads. There shall be no more night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. <laughs> Woo! Do you see a common theme here between these two scripture verses? Right, because right before in Genesis chapter two, in Genesis chapter one, he said, be fruitful and multiply. And then we're given this image and this picture of what's happening in heaven. In one sense, Jesus is like the tree of life. In him, we have everlasting life. Right, We know that eternal life isn't a destination that we're going to, but rather an invitation to a quality of life that's made available to each and every one of us through the cross and resurrection of the one and the only Jesus Christ. Remember, it always comes back to the king. It always comes back to Jesus. And if it doesn't, we need to ask ourselves, are we talking about the Jesus of the Bible? <laughs> right? If it's not in here, which Jesus are we talking about? Right? So, Jesus is like the tree of life in that when we eat of his fruit, we have life. Right? Think about this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We start to get this picture painted through the scriptures and a revelation of the Holy Spirit that this gospel message that we've been given is so much more than us having a spot reserved for us in heaven. That actually, through faith in Jesus Christ, something comes alive now. It's not about a spot being reserved in heaven. It's about dead things coming to life again. Right? 
if we die with him and are buried with him, Paul said, we will also live with him in the power of his resurrection. Again, it's he that is the resurrection and the life. So the compass comes back to the king. We're talking about flourishing here, right? So you look at this picture in heaven and you see the throne room. And it says that this river comes forth from the midst of the throne and the lamb. Who's the lamb? Jesus. What is the river? The river is the Holy Spirit. What's interesting to me is that after Jesus rose from the dead, there were more than one tree of life in the garden. I, it says that they're on either side of the river lined up there. And it's that spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, that's giving them life, that's causing them to bear fruit. God, this is so good. Jesus never actually said he was the tree of life, but he did say that I am the vine. Right? He did say that he was the vine. And Jesus is like the tree of life, and we are on a journey to living and becoming like him. Why? Because we were already created in his image and likeness, and through this river whose streams make glad the city of our God, we can actually live the way this Bible teaches us to live, right? This is a mystery. John 15, one through four. But before I get there, think about this. Could it be if Jesus is likened unto the tree of life and we are in Christ, that this picture of the leaves of a tree being for the healing of the nations, could it be that our fruit, that our leaves are what will be for the healing of the nations. Is this part of the commissioning that we as believers in Jesus Christ and the body of Christ have been given to be fruitful and multiply? We know that he was talking about Adam and Eve reproducing, right? But like I said before, what we see in the natural paints a picture of what's in heaven. There's parallel stories that are always happening, right? Just like Abraham had the promise, descendants, as many as the stars in the sky, the sands of the seashore, right? It was a, it was a natural promise. But the spiritual promise was the coming of the seed that came through his lineage. And that seed was Christ. And it was the redemption and the reconciliation of mankind back to the Father through the one whose name is Jesus. Right? So I'm painting these pictures so you know I'm not making it up. It's important that we don't make it up. Right? It, it's, it's all in here. That's what amazes me. Whew. 
So John 15, one through four, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Just because we make a confession doesn't mean we're abiding in the vine. Just because we're baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire and our life has been awakened to the reality of the king and his kingdom doesn't mean that every day we pick up our cross, follow him, and abide in the vine. Right? Well, how, do you, how does that happen, right? So if you think about the river coming forth from the lamb and the throne, it's the source of life for the tree of life, right? When we choose to learn to abide in him and the vine, the very life that's in Christ becomes our life. And the light that shines in him shines in our heart. And we begin to bear fruit. Oh, man. When we walk with him and dwell in his presence, his likeness that he designed us with comes to life. We bear his image. You are his image bearer. It is the image of Jesus Christ. Our leaves, our life in him, for him, and from him are for the healing of the nations. And in the midst of a dark, crooked, and perverse generation, Philippians 2.15 through abiding in him, the tree of life, eating of its fruit, we will shine like stars in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, holding fast to the word of life. Right? It all starts to make sense. Like, how do we do this, though? Right? How do we do it? Listen, it's, it's really not complicated, Jesus died so that we can live. We die so that he can live again through us. And when he lives through us, we are restored back to how he always intended us and created us to live. Like Jesus. <laughs> Comes back to Jesus. He is our picture. He is our exemplar. He is the one who paved the way. That's why he came in the form of a man because we lost the ability to see beyond our carnal nature. We couldn't see beyond hay, wood, and stubble. We couldn't see beyond our own selfish desires. So he came and grabbed a hold of us literally and said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What did that mean? Stop looking at wood, hay, and stubble and look at me. So that you can live again. And if you look at me 
and you begin to live again, you will see who I am and you will once again know who you are. Do you know that we globally as humanity are battling an identity crisis? John said it like this, we testify to what we have seen and what we have heard, what we have handled concerning the word of life, Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. How do we do it? Purity. You know, purity, living in purity is not a curse. It's not a punishment to mankind that we can never no, it's actually quite the opposite. The enemy wants you to believe that choosing purity is a path of suffering. And even though there is a point of suffering when we deny our flesh, on the other side of that breakthrough is beauty in Christ that we were designed to live with, that we can't experience without it. There are promises on the other side of it that come alive in our life and in our intimate relationships with others that only come alive through choosing purity. Holiness. Tending our own garden. The hug lady, Kim Snyder, she always talks about tending our own garden. When we come of age, regardless of what's been done to us, no matter how horrible it was, Check my record. We have a responsibility as men and women of God to take responsibility for our relationship with Christ, allowing him into our life so we can respond from a place of wholeness, love, and life. Right? And we need each other to do that. We, ha we can't do it alone. All right. How do we do it? Dying to self. Reading the Bible. Worship. Right? Reading the Bible. Worship. The power of the Holy Spirit. None of it's possible without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ that was sent to us to empower us to be able to fulfill the promises of God in our life. Right? In the Bible, it says, and I say this almost every time I preach, that when he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, he was seated at the right hand of power, he sent the Holy Spirit. Why? So that we could be ourselves in his image and in his likeness. Listen, we know it because we've read it, but it's time to start living like it. Right? The lost people of the world are depending on us to allow his light to shine in us. We're getting there. Praise God, I got an hour and 30 minutes left. <laughs> Just kidding, Pastor Steve. No, I, I, I've been following Steve and Cindy a little bit on their vacation and Jay and Ashley, and I saw Lauren out there. Bless them. We love them. So thankful for them and everything they've given for this. 
<laughs> yes, you can, you can clap for that. Everything that Jesus did revealed who we are. Everything that Jesus did revealed who we are. This is not an empty gospel. It's actually the power of God unto salvation to all those that believe. Do you see the power of God unto salvation? We're looking for a secret, right? A mystery revealed. What is the key to the power of God? Fruitfulness is a key to the power of God. And we become fruitful by reading the Bible, worshiping together, assembling in church, being baptized with the Holy Spirit, being equipped, Ephesians 4, 11, for the work of ministry until we all come to the fullness of the knowledge of the revelation of who? Jesus Christ. Back to Jesus again. Right? That's why we're here, right? The secret to the power of God is flourishing in fruitfulness. This is the mystery. The secret to the power of God is flourishing in fruitfulness. John 15, verses 15 through 17, Jesus said this, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. It's interesting. I used to stop right there and think that I'd have powerful prayers and that, made, that, that was evidence that I was fruitful. But the very next verse, in verse 17, he says, these things I command you that you love one another. He actually gives the answer. <laughs> He's telling us what fruit is, Right? that we would love one another. He didn't say, you will know my disciples by this, that they heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out devils. He told us we would do it, but he didn't say that that's what we would be known for. He said, you'll know my disciples by this, that they have love for one another. <laughs> right, and what does love look like? Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and you'll know what love looks like. If you want to know the character and the nature of God, whoo, fruitfulness is born out of holiness. Right? The Spirit of God will come upon you even if you're living a corrupted Christian lifestyle for the sake of someone else. Benny Hinn taught us all about it a few years ago. And he was right. It's in the Bible. Acts 1 and 8, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Why? To preach the gospel to the nations of the world. But what about what's in us? That first John 3, the anointing of him that abides within us. And the anointing of him that abides within us is where we bear fruit. And it's our fruitfulness that determines the grace in our life to bear the power that comes upon us. Check it out. We're almost there. It's actually God's design for us, right? And we can't love one another the way God designed us to love one another without him. 
God is love, John said. Right? It's him, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, right? It's the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5 and 22. That's evidence that the Spirit of Christ is working in somebody. Right? Love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, perseverance, kindness, and self-control. If there's an area of your life that's contrary to what that says, perhaps it's an area of our life that we need to yield to the Lordship of Christ. Not out of shame and fear of punishment, but out of desperate pursuit of living our life in the fullness of his promises. There's a big difference. Rest assured, where his fruit is, his power will also be there. The scripture that comes to mind out of Luke 6, Matthew 7, many will come to me in the last days, say, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out demons in your name, healed the sick in your name, prophesied in your name. I'll say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you who did not do, in Matthew it says, who did not do the will of my Father. Well, what's the will of the Father? To be fruitful and multiply, right? How do we bear fruit? Abide in the vine. What does fruit look like? Galatians 5 and 22, love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, perseverance, kindness, and self-control. All you have to do is look into the life of an individual in the natural to see what's happening in the spiritual. It's really not complicated. Our backdrop is the Holy Scripture. <laughs> right? Fruitfulness is revealed in how we interact with each other. Right? You know why? Because when the world presses us, what comes out? <laughs> Is it humility? Is it pride? Is it demanding for a spot and being recognized? Jesus actually addressed that. He said, if you want the best seat and you demand the best seat, look out for when the king comes and sees you there and says you're in the wrong seat, It'd be better that you came and sat in the back and were invited by him yourself. Jesus, I want to be invited by Jesus. I'm telling you, when I was younger, I used to pursue ministry so hard. And I wanted to preach here and I wanted to preach there. And if I didn't get to preach there, I was mad at you like it was your fault that God hadn't lifted me up. You know what that is? That's evidence that I wasn't abiding in the vine. <laughs> it was evidence that there was something that I was missing in the area of the king of kings. <laughs> right? When I was a child, I thought like a child. <laughs> I'm quoting scripture, but I don't know the exact verse, to be honest. <laughs> Praise his name. 
when I was a child, I thought like a child. I acted like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things behind him. When Jesus became the primary focus and his presence started to change my heart and my mind and he was the only one that I longed for, the nations of the world began to open up in a way that I never even thought that they could or would. Not because I'm special, but because it was in his heart for me to do so. Here's the catch. If we've found him, it won't matter where we are or what we're doing because he's still the answer. <laughs> he's teaching us. that I believe he's teaching us something as a body because he's pouring out his spirit and this is only the beginning. He wants us to remember the fundamental principles of the gospel and the truth that sets us free. When he pours out his power and his glory, we want to be fruitful. We want to be vessels that can carry it. I had a great conversation with a dear brother of mine just a few days ago. And we were talking about how everything that Jesus did on the cross was finished. And the fullness of who he is is available to us right now. All we have to do is live in it but we don't know how. And the journey of life in maturity, some call it process. I choose to call it a journey of growth and maturing into men and women of God. Amen? All right, we're gonna land. John 17 and three, and this is eternal life, that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I'm gonna read that again. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you have sent. I was on vacation and doing some ministry in Florida for a couple weeks in June. And the one thing I got out of my time with the Lord is Joel... If you ever come to a point where you long to do things for me more than you long for me, I'll find someone who longs for me to do things for me. I was like, oh God, help me. <laughs> because I'm gonna be 47 in a few days and I'm just figuring this out. Praise God. You know what else it says in the Bible? That the first will be last and the last will be first. So whenever we come into a place where he becomes the one and the only king of kings and the Lord of our lives, and it's not about what we do for him, it's about him, for him, through him, and by him, all of the sudden, we're captivated by this love that he designed each and every one of us to live in. Now listen, all right, I'm closing right here. Perfect. When we know him, we see his fruit in our life. What is the fruit? Galatians 5 and 22, write it down. Read it over and over again. I feel like I'm supposed to, the Lord wants me to read this, so. 
something about reading it out. There we go. Ready? Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Verse 24 is very important. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Do you know he's not just talking about lust and anger? Pride, arrogance, You can't fake fruit. I tell our team at Real Love Ministries all the time, you can't fake being in the light. Those are in the light know when people are in darkness. But just because we're in the light and they're in darkness doesn't mean we need to push them away for their darkness. We need to reconcile them back to Christ. He's showing us for a reason because if you're in him and you look into the natural, you'll see what's happening in the spirit. And if you look into the spirit, you have the power and the potential to change what's happening in the natural. Praise God. So when we are fruitful, we multiply. Think about that. You don't want to like gather around somebody who's praying for the sick and all these people are being healed. I did it. We traveled all over and prayed for the sick and people were healed. And I'll tell you in that season of my life, people didn't feel loved by me. They didn't like being around me because I overlooked you. I was selfish. I was self-centered and I was pursuing my own ministry and my own kingdom that never belonged to me to begin with. And it's when we find his fruit and his love and his joy and his peace that you start to multiply. Why? Because people gather to love. They want to be fathered. They want to know him. They want to be taught how to live from their place of union with him and from their seat in heaven with him, from heaven to the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Can we all stand up together? When we're fruitful and people desire his fruit in our life, we prosper. Out of him flows power for fruitfulness and miracles. Man, there is great power for advancing the kingdom and standing up for what is right. Just because we love and we turn the other cheek and we choose purity doesn't mean the lion of the tribe of Judah isn't roaring through us in the face of injustice. But how we express and fight for that justice is different. I'm telling you, if it's not in here, like Jesus told the disciples, we need to figure out which God is we're serving. <laughs> All right. I am going to close with this. But if you're here and you do not know Jesus Christ and you have never called on the name of the Lord, if you're battling depression, 
drug addiction. If you have wealth, but you're just missing something and you don't know what it is, I know the answer and the answer is Jesus. Do you wanna be fruitful and multiply, not just in the natural, but in the spirit? Come to Jesus. It says in the Bible, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. If you feel like things are dead in your life and you want them to come alive again, he is the resurrection and the life. He, Jesus, is the resurrection and the life. And if you feel that longing in your heart to know him and you don't, or you've fallen away from him, and you're feeling like you need to get right with him, I want you to raise your hand for me. Raise your hand for me. There's one in the back there. Two, three. Praise God. Let's wait. He's worth waiting for. If you are watching live and you don't know him, he's right there with you. He's everywhere at the same time. Today is the day of salvation. So let's pray this prayer together as a church. If your hand's up, I, I see a myriad of hands out there. We have a ministry team. If your hand was up, I want to ask you to come and let our team pray for you. The team can actually come down and line up now. Get ready. But let's pray this prayer together, and I'm going to speak a scripture that ties this all together out of Psalms chapter 1, and then I'm going to release you. But let's pray this prayer. It says in the Bible that if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ raised from the dead, that you will be saved. Out of the mouth comes confession leading to salvation. But it starts with something in the heart that says, I want to know my creator. So say, Lord Jesus, we believe that you died on the cross, that you rose from the dead so that I could live forever. I repent from wood, hay, and stubble. And I look to you, Jesus. I surrender my life to you. I want the dead things in me to come alive today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. You can help us reach others by investing today at BethelCleveland.com slash give.